You're listening to episode 26 of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will talk about IVDR or in vitro diagnostic regulation. And for that, I invited a guest and it's Andreas Stange from uh, Tuf Sud. Uh, so he's the vice president of Tuf Sud and he will help us to go through uh, this regulation and to help companies to understand what they, they should do uh, to be ready for that. So welcome, Andreas, to the podcast. Yes, hello, Monia. Thank you uh, for giving me the opportunity uh, to talk here. Great. So thank you for you to accepting the invitation. So, uh, Andreas, so can you introduce yourself in a few words for the audience? Yes. Um, so I'm uh, with Tooth for with Tufsud for almost uh, 20 years in the medical devices uh, business and my current function is uh, uh, I'm part of the management board of the medical health services and uh, within this management board I'm responsible for the in vitro diagnostic uh, devices field and as that uh, of course I'm uh, closely involved in uh, the preparations uh, for the new uh, IVD regulation in Europe. Great. So I think the best SME we have here for, for that topic, which is, I think, also a, dif a difficult topic. So uh, a lot of people are asking mainly, what are the, the differences between the previous version, which is the IVDD, so with the directive, and the, the IVDR? So can you help us to list a bit of the major differences uh, on between those two regulations or those two uh, legislations? That's right. Uh, you corrected yourself. Uh, these are not two regulations. Um, we come from the IVDD. This is a directive. And uh, we move over to the IVDR, that, which is a regulation. There's an important uh, legal uh, difference in these uh, two legislations. Uh, a directive uh, needs to be uh, uh, is issued on the European level, but needs to be then transposed into national law by each of the single member states, currently uh, 28 member states. Okay. The, the regulation now is uh, a law which becomes a law immediately to all EU member states at once. So this additional transposition step into national law is not necessary anymore, and uh, that makes uh, a much... Uh, better, uh, more harmonized and uh, uh, streamlined approach uh, and applications throughout all uh, European countries. And um, that is uh, one of, uh, of uh, leading to one of the, the differences, uh, the general um, oversight over both notified bodies as well as manufacturers is under the new regulation a much more uh, stricter and much more tighter um, as it compared uh, to the directive. That is the same uh, pattern we see also with the medical devices regulations yeah. versus uh, medical devices uh, directives. Um, for the IVD uh, regulation, however, uh, there's uh, one uh, 
big difference uh, when we compare with the medical devices regulation and that is also um, reflected then in the longer transition period. That is that the devices which fall now uh, under the um, regulation uh, and uh, which will need to have a notified body within the conformity assessment process this will roughly increase to 85%, maybe 90%. So that means uh, the, 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 uh, a large number of devices which can currently be placed uh, by the manufacturer under the so-called uh, sales declaration will in future need to have an, an, a notified body involved in the conformity pro uh, assessment process. Um, another difference is that uh, devices um, are the, the, the scope, so the definition of what falls under this regulation is uh, increased. We have, of course, a lot of uh, more, I mean, technological de development um, has uh, proceeded. We have a lot of uh, new type of devices like um, uh, software devices. We have uh, devices provided through uh, Internet Society um, all these things um, fall under the regulation uh, as well. So it's the same as the MDR. The MDR also included more devices or more uh, scope because of uh, new technologies, new uh, new items that come in the market, and maybe also history where they see that some topics, some some devices were not included. So the same for IVD, IVDR. Exactly. So maybe they are looking at what happened on the market or history, and they say this should be now included inside the, inside the, the regulation. Exactly. Um, one other difference is that uh, currently we come from a, uh, a list-based classification. So we have uh, lists, list A, list B, which yeah. define, okay, what needs to be uh, done with a certain device to a rule-based uh, system. So we have uh, from now on a number of rules which are risk-based, and these rules define whether these devices fall now into the highest risk class, which is D, uh, into the uh, lower risk class, C, uh, or B, or even A. So um, here, that is, here, here it's really matching the MDR in that case, because yeah, in the, in the MDR there was no list-based devices. It was really a class like, like class 1 to A to B and 3. And here we are really look, making the same method, if I can say, for, for IVDs now. Yes. So um, right, right now, um, exactly. So now we, we, we have a rule-based, and uh, that is uh, very much uh, aligned also with the uh, rules found in the, under the Global Harmonization Task Force. So okay. there's a much more international alignment now with, uh, with such rules. Um, as a result of that, we have um, some devices or a lot of devices being upclassified. So devices which are uh, currently now um, uh, self-declared, they can be placed on the market by the manufacturer without any uh, uh, involvement of a notified body, as I explained before. Um, we have other devices which are found now maybe in this A or in this B, which will then be reclassified in, in, into a... Uh, uh, another risk class so this will this will change um, yeah we have then uh, similar like uh, under the uh, MDR as well we have the introduction of uh, European databases the Unimed database which will also be used uh, for the IVDs 
We have also the introduction of uh, new labels, the UDIs, uh, which will uh, increase uh, traceability and transparency. And uh, um, also similar to the MDR, we do have uh, much stricter uh, post-market surveillance requirements. We have uh, a little bit of uh, stricter requirements uh, concerning the vigilance um, reporting and so on and so forth, incidents uh, reporting. Um, and also we have uh, uh, in line uh, again with the MDR uh, much more stricter requirements for the economic operators. These are uh, the uh, manufacturers, the um, authorized representatives uh, for those manufacturers who are located outside the EU, uh, 28 or 27 maybe in future, uh, and also importers and distributors. Um, yeah, these are, so to say, uh, the major changes. We have um, currently um, uh, three years transition period uh, remaining. Um, the full application will happen then in May uh, 2022 and um, the last remaining uh, IVDD certificates will uh, become invalid in uh, May 2024. So from now on in uh, exactly uh, five years. So great. It's, uh, it's, um, so first we have um, the, the, the go live, so as you say, it's May, May 26, 2022, which is uh, two years after the MDR. Uh, so it means that companies have more time, if I can say, to be uh, complying with this, uh, this regulation. Uh, but what are now, if, if, if the companies have now to, to prepare for this, uh, this regulation, so what should they do now or what, what is exactly the, the challenges that they have in front of them? Right. Um, so the biggest challenge is, um, I think, for those companies who have not yet worked with a notified body. Um, look, I mean, if, if these companies have placed their devices or are placing currently their devices on the market with a self-declaration, that means, okay, legally, of course, they have to have a technical documentation there. They need to have a quality management system. But in the end, they never had this independent second pair of eyes looking at their system looking at their uh, ticket documentation and this will come then in future by introduction of uh, by involvement of a notified body and this uh, may be uh, quite a challenge to understand okay does this uh, ticket documentation withstand a critical review from an independent party that is i think a key challenge for those manufacturers who have not yet uh, had such a, a involvement of a notified body. Because uh, the, the, the selecting a notified body, uh, having to pass all the conformity assessment, the audits and everything is really new for, as you've said, many 80%, if I can say, of the, of the IVD manufacturer. So it's something they will have to learn, they will have to understand first, uh, and also yeah, to, to know exactly how, how the process is working for, for them, which is something that is, can be difficult. Well, we, we estimate that 80% of the devices in future need a notified body. Whether this is 80% of the manufacturers, uh, I don't know. But okay. it is uh, surely a, a larger number of manufacturers. That is, that is correct. Okay. Um, the second thing is that, well, uh, it is a new regulation. It is a completely uh, reset. So 
So it's not that there's any kind of grandfathering or something possible. So every device, any device, which is continued uh, placed on the market in the EU, need to have a new certificate uh, from one point or another. And um, so that is a, a huge workload for those manufacturers who have already many, many uh, devices on the market and who all need to update not only the technical documentation, they need to update their quality management system, they need to uh, see um, that all these additional requirements in terms of um, uh, documentation, for example, for performance uh, requirements, uh, clinical data, and so on and so forth, that all this is uh, updated. And um, that is a huge task, especially for those, uh, well, who have a broad portfolio. And um, uh, that is one of the key things uh, to think about, okay, where to start, um, um, with which devices do we start, uh, where maybe you can use this additional transition period of two years you might have. Uh, and um, um, so that is one of the first decisions a manufacturer should do, uh, so to say, start with a portfolio analysis, see, okay, what, uh, what is the future uh, classification? Um, do I have actually, uh, what is the gap uh, I need to uh, fulfill in order to reach uh, the new uh, requirements? And then does it actually make economic sense? I mean, what is uh, the cost involved? Do I have enough sales maybe even in the, in the EU or in other markets uh, which are also relying on uh, EC certifications? Um, yeah, and then uh, getting, starting to, to do the work. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I suppose there is also not only EU manufacturers, there is also manufacturers outside of EU that have now to comply to this regulation. So they have to, um, to understand because as may maybe they are selling in other markets. So it's something that can be really difficult for them to understand when before it was self-certified and now they have to follow a completely different path. So does this, right. uh, does this can, can, can be difficult for them to, um, to follow to reach the debt and then to have some disruption on the market? Is it, is it a possibility? Well, I mean, we have, uh, we have uh, currently the um, um, assessment and the notification process of notified bodies is still uh, ongoing. So we have yet uh, no notified body being notified to the IVDR. Uh, this will happen uh, eventually in the midterm future. Um, also, of course, Tufsud is uh, in the moment in the process of, of uh, um, getting there. Um, however, we know that the uh, number of notified bodies will most likely not reach the same number we have today under IVDD. Um, and um, as we have learned before, uh, the pure uh, amount of work is significantly increasing for the notified, num uh, for the notified bodies. So we do expect uh, significant bottlenecks in the in the near future, um, and uh, so that is something which uh, where where manufacturers and uh, manufacturers organizations uh, as well as notified bodies, of course, are concerned. So and we urge everybody uh, to take the preparations for that very seriously and to really um, start as early as possible. And, uh, well, if you have not yet started now, you're already uh, very, very late. And um, I can uh, <laughs> really ask uh, you seriously um, um, to, to really look at it uh, as soon as possible and, and think about how you're going uh, to deal with it. 
So as you mentioned, so there will be less notified bodies, I suppose the same number of manufacturers with more or workload. Uh, so as you mentioned, bottleneck is nearly for uh, sure happening. Uh, so is there, is there something like, um, is there something like they can, they can work on now as, um, as a strategy uh, to be like ahead of competition because the only thing is gap assessment um, and and uh, working with uh, with uh, with some consultants is is a good strategy. But is there something like they, 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 there is a trick or something that they can already uh, start now and maybe that will put them ahead of competition? Well, I mean, um, first of all. Um, a, a quality management system um, needs to be established in any way. So if if you as a manufacturer do not have that yet, like a typical is the ISO 12485, this is the first thing uh, to do. It is not per se a requirement to have an ISO 12485 certificate, but it is uh, uh, the method of choice because the 12485 will be also harmonized under the IVDR in future, and it is the first step uh, to get in um, a third party, uh, look at your quality management system, get this running, and at the same time, of course, uh, prepare then uh, the technical files uh, for the devices. So it's great. Uh, I think I think it's 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 a good point. The quality management system is something that is uh, uh, sometimes uh, missed because they think, yeah, we just need to have a technical file and everything. But true, true that the 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 regulation is also asking for a quality management system, and uh, going for the the ISO thirteen four eight five is a is a good choice because mainly it's uh, it's uh, one of the well known uh, quality management system. And uh, yeah, I think having that first is really the 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 the, the right step to do. So thank you for that. Right. So, uh, Andreas, is there something else you want to say to the audience, or is there some other topic? Well, I think I think uh, if you're if you're um, listening or if you're searching for information, then uh, that is the first step you have to do. You have to, of course, inform yourself. You have to stay in touch. Um, uh, I uh, recommend also to to get in touch uh, with uh, notified bodies. Um, maybe in the process, uh, first to obtain a 12485 certificate if you do not have that, but uh, just to start communication with them and to understand their approach and understand uh, what they are looking for. As long as notified bodies are not yet notified, it will be not possible for them to talk uh, concretely about uh, specific uh, devices, about specific solutions. Uh, anyway, uh, they they cannot give you any recommendations as such because uh, they are we are of course not allowed to consult. But it gives you an idea how uh, things will run in future, and then uh, just prepare yourself uh, as good as possible uh, in order to be ready as early as possible, and then to submit your do documentation uh, to the notified body of your choice. Uh, to uh, start the conformity assessment um, as soon as, as you can. No, it's great. Yeah, starting the communication of the notified BID, I think, is, is key. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, even if they are not notified, uh, they are not uh, accredited now, so that the, the start of discussion can be maybe also a good strategy to select the right one for them. Uh, because I think, um, they I suppose there will be some notified bodies that will be really specialized on some products and some others that don't, don't know those products. So also looking at which one 
it can help them because they know the product that they are manufacturing is also uh, something that they have to do ahead and not wait for the date of the May 20, uh, 2022 to start to think about that. Right, exactly. When, when it comes to the scope of notified bodies, it is uh, one thing is, of course, uh, important is their capacity. How much manpower do they actually have? Do they have e enough capacity to deal uh, with you? Um, secondly, the scope. Can they actually uh, deal with the risk class of your devices? Um, uh, that is something uh, you should ask uh, uh, also from the beginning, uh, especially if you have maybe a little bit more exotic technology or something like that. Yeah, and then, uh, well, get a feel uh, how they work, uh, what is the attitude, uh, and whether you, you like to continue with them or not. That's great. I think it's great. Okay, Andreas, so is there uh, how, how people can contact you or, or follow you um, on the, on the well, social media? Yes, you can, you can find me on LinkedIn. I, I guess this uh, um, clip will also be found on LinkedIn. So, yeah. so you can find me there, contact me there, and uh, we can take it from there. I'm very happy if, if people yeah, uh, um, come to us and, uh, and ask questions. Uh, very welcome. Great. So thank you, Andreas. Thank you for your help. Thank you for uh, all the knowledge that you are providing. And I hope this will be really helpful for all those uh, people that are uh, looking for support. Uh, and yeah, so I will put everything on the show notes on how to contact uh, Andreas. Uh, and if you have some questions, you can directly contact, uh, contact him. So Andreas, thank you very much. And I wish you a nice day. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs>